Welcome to Women Investing and Women and Girls on the State of Women Radio Network. I'm your host, Michelle Jaffe, and we are so excited to welcome our guest today, Elizabeth Vasquez, who is the president, CEO, and co-founder of We Connect International, an international NGO helping female entrepreneurs access new markets. Elizabeth, welcome back on air. It's great to have you. Um, so we already talked about the role that corporations and female entrepreneurs play in WeConnect International, as well as how they can become connected. Now, can you tell us more about what happens with both the corporation and the female-owned business once this connection is made? What happens afterwards? Sure. So it's an interesting dynamic. A lot of women in businesses that we work with aren't currently doing business with very large corporations. And that's actually one of the the biggest challenges that we have found uh, in talking with women in businesses around the world is, very frankly, most of them are just simply not thinking big enough. They're not thinking of themselves as a supplier to a large organization. And so to introduce these women to actual buyers from some of the biggest companies in the world, uh, whether it's you know, the Estee Lauder Corporation or the Apple Corporation or Johnson & Johnson and others, to be able to sit down and and hear from an actual buyer about what is it they look for in products and services and what do they expect from their suppliers is a really exciting opportunity for a, a shift in how the women think about themselves and their potential as a business owner. It's also an important opportunity for the buyers of the world to meet the women in businesses of the world, to see really the great products and great services these women are offering uh, in all countries and in all industry sectors. And so when you bring together that supply and demand in the same room and and have them physically spend time together uh, is a really important learning opportunity that often uh, leads to business opportunities over time. This is some really, really cool stuff. Do you mind sharing with us one of the success stories that you've encountered? I'm sure in your experience, there are so many successful partnerships between um, entrepreneurs, female-owned businesses, and corporations, but what are some of the ones that stand out in your mind? I think there are are several success stories. Uh, We've been working with Walmart, for example, uh, and they have a logo that we've uh, developed with them and the U.S., our U.S. partner organization, WeBank, um, so that women-owned businesses that are certified by us are able to put this woman-owned logo on their packaging so that consumers, the customers of Walmart, when they go to a Walmart store or they're shopping online, can find these women-owned products. And and that's interesting because when uh, Walmart did some market testing, they found that their consumers, uh, 90% of the time, when there were two products and they looked the same, but one had the woman-owned logo and one didn't, 90% of the time their customer would choose the product made by women. And And when they asked them why did they choose that, they said because they assumed it was of better quality. So there's not a lot of data out there to prove that assumption, but we found it interesting that that's what the consumers thought. And so now businesses that are certified by us anywhere in the world are able to put that logo on their packaging. It just makes it easier for buyers, whether it's consumers or companies, to know that this is a, a woman-owned company uh, and it expands their, their business opportunities. Now, no one is, is probably going to buy from that company just because she's woman-owned, right? 
They have to have the best product, the best service with the best uh, pricing points and the best total quality. Um, But it is a way for them to differentiate themselves, especially now that the world is starting to care about how how we spend our money. And does any of that money go to the communities we care about? So did We Connect International help those women develop those products that they um, are ready to be sold in those companies? Or is that the responsibility of the companies um, once they are paired up? So it is definitely up to the companies themselves to make sure that they meet the requirements of the, of the corporation. Having said that, a lot of small businesses don't know what is expected of them from a large corporation. They hadn't really thought about barcoding. They hadn't really thought about industry standards or health and safety standards. Uh, And so we make sure that they have access to training modules and actual training, uh, whether it's a webinar or an in-person event, to understand the how buyers think about what they bring in uh, to their product line or what they bring into, into the company to develop their own products and services with the help of their suppliers. And so it's a learning process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, there are some companies that, you know, knock on the door of one of our corporate members and, and within a few months have a contract, but that's not normal. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. exciting when it happens, but it does take time to get into larger value chains. But this is where we encourage the women to do business with each other because then they can bring a smaller business, a smaller woman-owned business into one of their corporate contract opportunities to teach them firsthand about what it takes to sell successfully into a global value chain of a corporation. What I think is truly great is that you're opening up what was once seen as a huge challenge, really, and into a way that anybody can contribute, whether it's providing a network for the corporations themselves, for the entrepreneurs. And then you also include ways that consumers can get involved and make a difference by buying products from women-owned businesses. It's become as much of an opportunity for corporations in that respect to seek more female vendors than for consumers to make a difference. We Connect International has a campaign around this called, I believe, hashtag buy 16 in 16, correct? Um, and if so, can you tell us about how you would like our listeners to participate in this? Well, thank you for that, because it is one of the most exciting campaigns we have going, <laughs> where we're helping to educate consumers about how very powerful they are. Um, women you know, control or influence soon $20 trillion in purchasing power globally. And that is a huge number. And so to the degree women become conscious of of that power and leverage that power um, to make sure that at least some of the things that they're buying is with other women and businesses. And and this can't be just about women for women, right? right? To the degree men and women become aware of the importance of spending their money on the things and on the people they care about, whether it's the environment or other underutilized communities, right? It might be LGBT, it might be people of ethnic diversity, people with disabilities, whatever groups people care about, they should really think about if, you know, are they spending any of their money with those communities? And it's not limited to adults. This is where girls um, and boys too, um, more and more have huge influence on purchasing decisions. Uh, I mean, and I'm just amazed at how much 
access the younger generation has to resources, and if they have consciousness at an early age about how they spend their money and the impact they can have on the world and on communities, good and bad, then I have real hope and optimism uh, that we'll be able to make significant progress in a very short period of time. So it seems that through this campaign, you are targeting um, millennials specifically. Um, You know, anybody knows that millennials, I mean, we're always on social media platforms. How can we engage with what this campaign is truly all about? So I just, I want millennials to know how very powerful they are. I know sometimes they feel like they don't have a lot of power, but the truth is they have a lot of power. And while maybe you can't always vote on things and be a part of, you know, democratic processes, um, how you vote with your money is literally a vote for the world that you want. And all of us make purchasing decisions. Even if it's not with cash, we barter, right? We do trade. But all of us are actively involved in that around the world on a daily basis. And I think having a generation of millennials conscious of that power and using that power for good is extremely, extremely important. And I, they, I don't think they know how powerful they are. And, mm-hmm. and you know, spending time um, being mentored by other women entrepreneurs and then paying it forward. I've seen so many young women entrepreneurs um, uh, and boys, too, who are mentoring others as they learn and bringing them into their businesses. And again, not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and not everyone should be an entrepreneur. But for mm-hmm. those that do want to do that, we should all be providing as much support as we possibly can because it's really scary. It's hard being an entrepreneur. You risk everything. Sometimes it is just easier to get a job. And so for those people that want to create solutions and to create jobs for other people um, who, who need those jobs and who deserve those jobs, we should all be very active and engaged in supporting those businesses. Maybe it's an, an aunt, maybe it's a sister or a mom um, or a brother, um, but we need more inclusive business models um, that are sustainable and that um, help people in the planet. Elizabeth, you've had so much incredible experience with not only growing your own nonprofit, but helping so many other um, women grow their companies. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Um, And more specifically, if you can, if you can give some advice for entrepreneurs that are looking to go global. It can be very overwhelming, and yet it's, it's no longer a huge barrier. The fact that you can go on and be a part of Alibaba or eBay or any number of online platforms to sell things, whether it's, you know, products or various services. Um, I mean, so many places, you know, once you're of age and able to, to legally work, there's so many things that can be outsourced, even, on, even at the service level, right? Legal services, accounting services, computer services, coding. <laughs> there's a, a huge range of things that are needed by the entire world um, that you don't have to travel to all those countries in order to provide those services anymore because of the technology platforms available today. And it's the same is true with products. Now, the only thing I would, you know, urge people and warn people about is sometimes we get involved in trading across borders and we don't realize there are rules and regulations that we have to 
abide by and taxes that have to be paid either in country or in other countries. And so I, I definitely recommend that, that before people start engaging in, in international trade, that they really understand the rules around doing that. But once you understand the rules, and you don't have to become an expert, but you do need to talk to an expert. Once you understand that, um, then, you know, I, I encourage people to not just think about what can they do in their little neighborhood. And I, I used to give the example that WeConnect doesn't work with, you know, women selling tortillas on the street corner. Um, but as it turns out, at uh, one of our events, there was a woman who makes tortillas and there was another um, business that uh, make, made gluten-free products and they met each other. And then they started creating gluten-free tortillas. And now they're selling them throughout the region of Central America um, and not just in their little hometown. <laughs> so um, it is possible, yeah, um, once you get into some of these global value chains to really expand um, beyond your wildest dreams. So what I noticed is that along with being so passionate about helping others succeed, um, you are being charged with mission delivery and impact with WeConnect International. But in addition to that, you also sit on a number of boards that work to empower women. Can you tell us about your experience in those and why it's so important to join different groups focused on empowering women? Absolutely. I think it's really easy because this work, it, it is hard and it is very demanding and it's very easy to just stay focused on a job or on a business or on your nonprofit and not sort of look around and see what else you can do to get help and to be helpful. Um, but I was very fortunate to be invited onto the, uh, the UN Secretary General's high-level panel on women's economic empowerment that the Secretary General himself sits on, as well as the head of the World Bank and the head of the IMF, Christine Lagarde, the president of Costa Rica, the president of IKEA, and just all these amazing world leaders. There are 20 of us, and we are tasked this year and next year with identifying, you know, maybe seven key challenges to women's economic empowerment, and then taking ownership or at least a leadership role in in saying, what can we do to move the needle? What can we do as organizations individually, but more importantly, together to make a difference and to have impact? So that has been really inspirational. And you can see that there's great potential all over the world for many different types of initiatives um, for impact and for scale, and that we don't have to wait another 200 years before we have equal opportunity for uh, boys and girls and men and women. But these are things that if we get organized and if we are clear about the key, the key strategies for getting to this vision, that we can do this in our lifetime. It's just a matter of, of will and of agreeing that no one organization can do it alone. But if we all work together, uh, that we can, we can actually um, change the world quite literally. So right. You know, you have to learn how to crawl before you can learn how to run. Um, there's so many ways to get involved in little things that can then compound into real tangible impact. Elizabeth, once again, how can we learn more about WeConnect International and all of the amazing things that you're doing? Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you and your audience uh, of women investing in women and girls and take that title quite literally. How can you, through your time, through your resources, through your purchasing power, um, 
create a better world for everyone by investing in those things and in those people that you care about. And so I think if that's something that once a day people can think consciously about and then not just think about it, but most importantly, take action, do something. We, we are all powerful in our own way. So think very, very um, locally about what you can do and then translate that into, you know, global opportunities over time. But the key is taking action. And so start with this podcast. They can always go to WeConnectInternational.org. They can check out all of our other amazing partners all over the world and see if there's a local way to get involved uh, with any of these organizations. I'm quite certain they will all be very grateful um, to your audience for uh, picking up the baton and running with it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Once again, Elizabeth Vasquez, the president, CEO, and co-founder of We Connect International. Thank you. And I'd like to invite our listeners to connect with us by going to facebook.com slash womeninvesting or follow us on Twitter at womeninvesting. Thank you to everyone who is listening today. You've been listening to Women Investing in Women and Girls. We'd also like to thank again our guest, Elizabeth Vasquez. This show is produced by the State of Women Radio Network, the first radio network for women and girls. I'm your host, Michelle Jaffe. Until next time.